Hey, this is Jesse Paul Smith, My Creative District Podcast, and I'm super excited about this next episode because I got a chance to sit down with my good friend Richie Jackson, choreographer for some of the greats, Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Jojo Siwa, and so much more. And we talk about all that is required of those that are really trying to break into the music and, and entertainment space, like what it really takes to stand out above the crowd. Uh, where he got his passion for dancing and his journey is a little bit interesting. And so we're going to dive right into that. So if you're looking to, you know, break into the entertainment space, looking at how to, how to really carve a name and make a name for yourself in this really noisy time that we're in right now, you're definitely going to want to check this interview out. Let's get to it right now. Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Well, I am super excited to get into this conversation with you, Richie. Welcome to My Creative District podcast, brother. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jesse. You know, let's dive in. It's, uh, it's kind of crazy to think, man, like, uh, you know, when people say you never know who you're going to meet at what point you're going to meet them at in their life. Like uh, you and I had a chance to, to bump into each other back in the day <laughs> when <laughs> I was out here the first time in LA and, and, and doing the whole dance thing. And back then you were back then you were working with, uh, I think you were working a lot with, with Diddy on one of his shows, making the band. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but man, you have, you have literally worked with, with everybody. And so I just, I want to, I want to ask, um, who has been like some of your favorite people that you've worked with? Um, favorite people I've worked with as a dancer, I would have to say top of the line was Will Smith. Uh, I worked with him doing millennium. I did the 2000 Grammy awards with them. And then we went on a small tour, uh, to Europe. Germany was France and it was London and just a nice guy, generous, you know, came to rehearsal, always excited and amped up to learn and just was, and just was a nice guy, like said hi to everyone, spoke to everybody, you know, he spoke to everybody. It was just a really great experience. It was my first big job and I was so nervous, but he just made it, you know, he eased the nerves away. So he was amazing. Uh, also loved working with Missy Elliott. I did the Gossip Folks music video. Uh, she was just so cool. Uh, again, same thing. Nice. Came in and spoke to everybody. Was very cordial. Embraced us all. You know, made us feel like we were a team. So those two were for, like the top of the list for me as far as like just the energy. Because when you're new, especially dancing and being on celebrities, you don't really know what to expect, how to act, how to be. Um, but they made it easy. They made it fun. So hundred percent. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about both of those guys. I've heard really good things about Will Smith, heard really good things about Missy. Um, and it's amazing. Like what people don't realize 
uh, how valuable treating people properly, no matter what stage of the game that you're in. I think that's one of the things too, that I've really grown to respect about you. Um, arguably working with some of the, the biggest names in, you know, current, current culture, you know, Lady Gaga done work with Ariana Grande done work with, you know, Katy Perry and, 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 uh, you know, Jojo Siwa, but yet you're the guy that is, you know, pays attention to every single person that, you know, has a question for you. I've had the pro, you know, the privilege of watching you, even when you teach your classes and you're out there hanging out with all the dancers and, and, and making sure that you make them feel appreciated. Um, and why is that so important to you? Well, one, um, you know, as a dancer for me, every experience wasn't great. Um, every choreographer didn't speak to all of us. Every choreographer didn't make us feel welcome. Every choreographer didn't, um, didn't pour into our gift. They just made us scared of it and scared like to be in the room sometimes. So having experienced that, but also having had to find my own way, especially as a dancer at first, trying to figure out like what to wear auditions, you know, how to audition, um, how to change up my styles and freestyles per choreography. There was just so much that I had to figure out on my own that I then say now being on this side of it, you know, you're not going to make anyone better by breaking them down. You're not going to make them better by, by constantly like ridiculing them. And yeah, you have to give critiques, but you have to still know how to give, you know, constructive criticism where you're telling them what's wrong, but also about how to get better. And so when I'm working with, whether it's artists or dancers or directors, I'm just always trying to figure out how do we get the best you or them out of themselves? How do we make the best product? How do we make the gift shine? How do we make this moment, you know, touch people? Because that's what it's really about, right? We're entertainers. So at the end of the day, it's about touching people and making them feel something. So I always go back to like when we did the Super Bowl 51 with Lady Gaga, what I found most interesting was, of course, she's Gaga, and of course, we killed it. But uh, what I thought was what was really rare, but was something that I had always dreamt about but didn't know what could happen, was when I think it was People Magazine or Us Weekly, but one publication wrote about the actual dancers themselves, the dance, the movement, how they how they got to the television. Uh, how they were dancing uh, and what it made them feel. So I just thought that was amazing because I feel like that's what it should be about. You can only hope that not only will they recognize the artist, but then they would now recognize the dancers for like what they made people feel. And that was all coming from just pouring into them and giving them the confidence to be great. And that's how I feel like, that's just how I've always been. I have to do that. There are problems, but at the end of the day, it's not worth taking someone down. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, you know, when you take a look at your resume and it's very lengthy, you know, and it's, you've been doing this for a long time too. It's not like, it's not like you started, you know, you started in the scene and just big splash, right? You, you had to work up to this point, but I, I think that somebody can take a look at your resume and they get lost in the resume. I, I love to hear like the story behind the resume. So, you know, I would love to, when it comes to dance, it was dance like something you knew you were going to do when you were young. Like how did dance become a part of who you are? So when I was young, I mean, I was always watching Michael Jackson, MC Hammer, Janet Jackson, uh, James Brown, Prince. I mean, the greats, their performances, their award show performances, their tours, uh, their videos, especially. And I just love to dance. Um, 
when I was around 13, I was also in a dance group. And, you know, they were just like some older kids. They were in high school. I was in junior high. And I joined this group because they saw me dancing one day um, out at like a local, like a, like a local college. And so I didn't really know what I could do with dance, but I knew I loved it. And then I was also in band. I was a percussion captain. I was in marching band. So like band was also my life as well. So when I graduated from high school, I wanted to become a lawyer. Um, Wow. I literally wanted to like, you know, like my thing was like, you do the crime, you pay the time. Like I wanted to go to law school. And so I literally, I left um, my town outside of San Francisco and moved to Alabama for a year and a half to start to, you know, learn my undergraduate so that I can then hopefully get into like law school. Uh, But it wasn't until I was watching MTV one Thursday night and I saw Aaliyah's Are You That Somebody video. And in that video, I had saw um, one of my old dance friends that I was used to dance with when I was in that dance group. He was dancing behind her. I think he even like choreographed a piece of it. So once I saw that video and I saw him, I was just like, if he can do it, I can do it. And I called my mom and told her about you know, listen, I think I want to move to LA, you know, I saw my friend dancing with Aaliyah. And if I do this, I want to come home Monday. And this was a Thursday. So I left on Monday, (laughs) literally packed it up. I left on Monday. I dropped my scholarship and then the journey began. So yeah, that's, that is it. And like, that's the five minute version, but that's how it happened. So what was, what was her reaction when you're like, yeah, I'm dropping out of law school and I'm going to go to LA and be a dancer. Like what kind of, was it, she supportive? Was she like freaking no, out? No, she, she, I mean, she was skeptical of, at first. I mean, you know, every parent would have been, especially back then when it was really about, it was like college or there was like, no, like, you know, there was no way to win without college back then. This is what they told us. So you know, she was just like, are you sure? You're just going to just leave out of nowhere? I'm like, you know, there's no guarantees. You know, and I, and I understood that because I had a scholarship. Yeah, I didn't have a guarantee, but I had a scholarship. Um, but I just told her, I was like, you know, listen, mom, it's not like I'm trying to move back home to audition for the NBA. Like, I'll never make it. <laughs> like, that's never going to happen. But what can happen is I can become a dancer and a choreographer. I was like, you know, I can dance. So I was like, at least let me just go out there and try it. And if it doesn't work out, I can always come back to Tuskegee University. So she said, okay. And I got on that plane, TWA. (laughs) Now, now I, I know that, you know, some people would wonder, and this tends to be the narrative a lot of times when people hear, you know, success stories of somebody coming up or, or doing well uh, in a particular, you know, field. And for you, the dance journey began, you left Alabama and, you go back home and you move to LA and people would think, well, it probably just took off from there. But you had, I mean, we're all faced with a decision that says, did I make the right choice? And you had an instance, the second you moved out to LA that you were faced with that choice. I, I, I want our, our, our audience to hear that story. Cause I think it's really important for people to realize that the second you went to LA, you reached opposition right away. Yeah. Uh, so I always tell people the hardest part about moving to LA is moving to LA. And so for me, I was like, okay, as long as I get out there, then there is this sort of natural need to survive. Like you have to survive. Like 
like you're, you're going to figure it out once you get here. But what I wasn't prepared for was, you know, I um, had been speaking to another friend that I had met who was also a dancer. And I been speaking with him for months about, you know, me coming out there. And I just couldn't wait to get to L.A. And so yeah, he's like, well, listen, you can stay with me. You can stay in, you know, in my room. He's like, I'm about to go on tour anyway. But the Backstreet Boys, I was like, dope. So upon flying out there, I did. I, I, I got there. I got to his house, his apartment. And it was him and his brother that lived there, though. And so he's like, yeah, so I'm heading out tonight. He's like, literally, like, the room is yours. There's a bathroom in there. You know, just give it like, you know, give yourself like three months. Then after that, hopefully you can figure it out. But then after that, you got to move out. So I was like, cool. I mean, three months you know, 90 days, I can deal with that. Like I can figure out how to make this work within 90 days. And so he leaves. And once he leaves, you know, his brother basically said, hey man, so now that my brother's gone, my girlfriend and her sister are going to come stay here. So you got to get out. And I was like, what? And I had literally (laughs) only been there for four hours. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, what am I going to do? Like, well, first of all, this is crazy. And it feels a little, like, inhumane. Like, you have no, like, human sympathy for another human coming out here to, like, make it. Like, you don't want to give me 10 days, a week, two weeks. Um, That's crazy. And it was a no. So, basically, um, a friend of mine who used to date this girl who I'd met about three years prior, she lived in Hollywood. And so he called her and asked, could I stay there with her? Like I met her one time at a wedding and we hit it off and it was cool. And she was in medical school. So she was like, well, listen, I don't know nothing about the dance floor, but he can stay here. You know, I have a blow up mattress. So I literally that day landed in LA, was there for four hours, got kicked out of the place I was supposed to be staying at and then had to go sleep on a friend's girlfriend's or ex-girlfriend at the time's floor and I stayed there for six months. So that's how it all really unfolded. And what did that duty like your, do you feel like that situation helped you a little bit when it comes to your focus and determination to making this work? Or what was the thoughts that were going through your head after all that stuff happened? Well, the thing about it is just like, you have to just make it work. I mean, in that moment, of course there was panic, but I couldn't stay in the panic because there's nothing I can do. Like it's out of my will. I not, and the last thing I want to do was call my mom and tell her that that happened. Cause it was, <laughs> it was April when I moved and I told her I would see her, you know, at Thanksgiving. So I had to just figure it out. So yeah, what it taught me is just, you got to survive. You got to figure it out. There will be an answer. You will figure this out. And I mean, and it happened like that. So yeah, it definitely taught me that, you know, the fire may burn, but you got to put it out somehow, some way. Really, that's the life of every performer. I mean, there is no exact roadmap to success when it comes to making it. And what one journey is going to look like for somebody is going to look completely different for somebody else. And so there isn't this formula that, you know, you can just plug and play and make sure things work out. And and I think that's the the number one skill set that we have to figure out and learn as performers, right, is the art of problem solving. Like, we got an issue, now what? And it's not tuck tail and run. It's not, hey, this means that I'm just not meant to do this. It's okay. Now I I just got, there's another way to figure it out. And we just got to figure that out. So, you know, 
I'm curious though, you've been, you've been doing this for a long time. Now you've worked with a ton of different artists. You do a lot of development for up and coming artists. And, and that's one of the things you're hired for. What are some big things that with working with all these artists, what are some things that you are seeing that are common with these, these artists that really make it versus the artists that just don't? The artists that really make it, they come with ideas already. Those ideas change. They listen. We collaborate. They rehearse over and over and over and over and over again. And they literally want to be the best. They say it. They acknowledge it. It's out of confidence, not cockiness. And it's like nothing can get in their way. And they uh, value our time together. And it's not about the money. It's about how they can actually touch people. The ones that don't make it or don't work, they want it for every other reason, whether it's the fame, the followers, they don't want to put in the work, they don't want to really rehearse, they don't even really like their music. Um, they just do it for all the rewards, but there's no reward without work. Mm. So that's what I would say. I love that. I love that. No reward without work. Now I'm curious, you talk about confidence, because that's I mean, that's a big thing, right? They're, they're, they're confident, not cocky. Is there a way to develop that kind of confidence or do you feel like that's something that's just you're, you're born with? I think it's both. I think definitely it's, it's nature versus nurture. I think that someone can be born that way. And I feel like those who are born that way have gone through something. They've all gone through something that makes them that confident. Um, but also think that it can be taught. Some people aren't taught to be confident about their artistry or their dreams or about taking the road less traveled by. But I also feel like if you have a good coach that tells you and shows you that it's okay to be who you truly want to be, that too can help as well. And I, I think that's kind of a, a great point about being, a, uh, you know, having a coach. I know that for me, you know, in business and in, you know, that was one of the things that I lacked in the entertainment spot when I was, you know, doing my thing in 05 and 06. I didn't have the mindset or the ability, the perspective to be able to take a look at some of the challenges and some of the things that were happening to be able to translate it in a way that would help me go forward instead of having me retreat. And, you know, I've learned over the years, the value of having a coach, but, you know, you being in the industry, the way that you are, you know, I know that that's one of the things that you're wanting to do more and more of now is, and you've started to, is coaching people on how to actually have a successful career in the entertainment business because, uh, you know, there are key principles that if you learn to do them and do them well, you know, you can be successful. There's a million ways to, to go about it, but there are some principles that are really important for anybody in this space to be able to have and develop so that they can be successful. What would you say? I mean, I know you said confidence is one of them. What are, when you're out there doing, you know, whether it's, it's working with dancers or working with recording artists, what are some things that you constantly see people overlooking that they're undervaluing and not paying attention to when it comes to making a, you know, a, a brand for themselves or a, or a mark for themselves in this space? The first thing they overlook is themselves. <laughs> they overlook their own story, their own history, their talent, their body type, um, what actually works for them. Um, I think the internet has connected us all so much 
that we are losing our own individual identities. And especially for dancers or performers, actors, actresses, singers, there is something that you already have that you need to tap into. And in that, you will help to carve out the lane you need to go in. It's not about you getting, being able to conquer every lane. It's about you saying, which lane can I pick now that's going to actually work for me? And then once you take that road, you can start doing this. But until you can understand what works for you, you can't conquer the world yet. You have to understand what we're actually like, who you are, what, what your talent is, where, where your strengths, where your weaknesses, and it's through your strengths you can persevere. So uh, like I said, I think that people overlook themselves a lot and even more now than before because we're all so much connected to the internet that we've all become like each other. And I don't think that helps anyone, especially in the entertainment space. Now, you mentioned something that I get super passionate about. You said something about their story. That's one thing that they have that they don't necessarily lean into. What about somebody's story is so incredibly important for them in terms of leaning on that to help them succeed? Uh, Because, like, for me, when I think about, like, what someone's story is, that may actually lend itself to your dance genre or how you approach dance. Uh, if you're an actor, what role should you be going for? Maybe that's the way to curtail as, as opposed to just taking any and everything. Maybe there's something specific that actually relates to you that you can dive into because you understand it on a personal level. For artists, it's the same thing. Obviously, writing music, writing songs. What's your actual story? There are a lot of people in the world who have probably gone through what you have or, or similar to or know someone has or can relate to your story. So, and if you can lean into that, you might create something that you didn't know that you could because you're actually being authentic and true to you as opposed to trying to find a random topic to write about for the sake of it being good for someone else. Yeah, authenticity is so, it's so important. It's, it can be kind of be a buzzword that is overused, but at the same time, it's it's so important because to your point, like nobody has your experiences, your life, they might have the same passion for the art, but they, they don't have the same exact story behind why you move the way that you do. Or, or I think of another dancer that you, you talked about body type, but there's another dancer that we, we interviewed here on this podcast, Amanda LeCount. And she talks a lot about, you know, being a plus size dancer and how she's actually leaned into that to carve a name for herself in the industry because she's not trying to make herself match somebody else. She's utilizing her story and her struggles and her experiences as being a plus size dancer to actually making a mark on the world. And I think that's, that's so important because so many times people are trying to be another cookie cutter version of their biggest you know, the people they inspire, they, they aspire to, to be like. And, you know, I love the Oscar Wilde quote that says, be yourself, everyone else has already taken, you know? And, and, and so now you also talked about something that I think is interesting because we live in a, a culture right now that's teaching you to be multifaceted, which I think is important, right? But you also do have to pick something to focus on now. Talk to me about how you're seeing people being too spread out. Do you feel like people are too spread out in their focus? And is that costing them? Is that helping them? 
Talk to me about that. I mean, I think that everyone at this point is a jack of all trades. I think that we should all work towards being a jack of all trades. But I'm always like, well, if you've got five cards in your deck, why don't you just focus on the one card first and think, and then sort of see how that one card can lead to the other cards. You know what I mean? Like if you're someone that like loves to write, but you love to cook, but then you also love, you know, music. Well, maybe you start to write, you know, TV shows. And then maybe after you get successful with that, you start to figure out a way to tell stories about food. Maybe there's a way to combine food and, and TV show writing, or maybe it's now food documentaries. Now that people would know that you're a writer and that you're great, maybe they now want to hear about your documentaries involving food. And then after that, if it's, you know, you sing, I mean, shit, maybe you start a restaurant where it's food and, and live music and you're the artist and you're the cook. And you have the audience to come see you because they know that you're an amazing writer. You had a fantastic documentary and now you're opening up a restaurant. <laughs> I think the, the important thing there too is that you don't, so many people try to do it all at one time, right? And you just, you got to pick something to start with. So that way you get, you know, you get momentum in order, you know, in order for you to be able to be successful in any venture, there needs to have some sort of momentum that gives you the energy to get to success, get booked for those gigs and then everything else kind of followed through. And how did you figure out, like, again, because you are super talented and I've heard you say this many times, there's so many ways that we could cut the cake, right? There's so many ways that we can go. How do you find what area to focus in, you know, and, and, and choose to double down on? Well, I mean, for me, I just, I always thought about the things that I loved and wanted to do. And I had to say, how do I make them work? So for me, for me, it was an easier road. Like I wanted to dance. So I started dancing. I wanted to assist choreographers so I could learn everything I could learn. So I started to assist from there. I want to choreograph. So I started choreographing. Then from there, I want to go into creative direction or show direction or visual direction. Cause they're all slightly different depending on the artist. And also I really want to collaborate with artists who had their own vision as well as me throwing my ideas in the pot. And so that's how it happened. And, and they sort of built on top of each other, but I had to start at one level and then make it work here and then keep working my way up. So all this says that for me, it wasn't about trying to do them all. It literally was about dance for as many choreographers as I can, learn different styles, learn how, learn how to deliver their styles back to them, be great at that. Okay, now that I got that assist, now that I got that choreograph, like it, it, but that's what I had to do for me. Some dancers that I know of are trying to be it all right now and you just can't, it's not worth it. And also I just feel like you, you have to become at some point, someone who's extremely talented and knowledgeable about your craft too. And if you're not, you don't have the experiences to become that person when you're going to most need the knowledge the most at the highest moment in your career, you may just fail because you don't know enough. Yeah. And I, man, that's so important. I, Cause I was actually going to ask you about, you know, if you see people right now because of the internet, like you talked about, I think so many people want to be at the highest level right out the gate instead of working up to the, to, you know, to that level. Do you see that quite a bit? Do you see people coming out and being like, I'm going to be, I want to be a film director or I want to be a choreographer or creative director. And they haven't even booked their first music video as a dancer yet. Do you see that a lot? Or do you, do you feel like that's not 
uh, as big of an issue anymore. Well, I see it across the spectrum of everything. Because we have iPhones, I can snap a picture, I'm a photographer. Or because I can press the, the video record button, I'm a director. Or because I can dance or make up steps. Anybody can make up steps. They're a choreographer. Like you're seeing it happen in everything. Uh, because I can tell someone, hey, like, you know, give me that close-up of his hand as he says his line. You're a director now. I just feel like we're at a place where there's so much access, but it's, it's like good and bad. Like, yes, if you're actually talented and you actually have a passion for any of those things, you can dive in and do it. But there's also this sense of, well, I can do it too, just because I have an iPhone. So it's kind of both. And now it's sort of like saying, well, what's great and what's not great? Who's actually talented and who's not? And, and either people are getting over on people or people, the right people aren't being able to be found out. So it's just a really weird time right now where it's like, I call it the wild, wild west because you don't know who's actually great at what they do or if they just happen to do what they do or if they just thought about it the other day or if they have nothing to lose and will tell you I'm the best director ever. Meanwhile, they just never directed anything. It literally is the wild, wild west now. And I think it's extremely good, but I think it's also extremely bad. And that's a little bit kind of why you started doing this this you know, these workshops, this coaching stuff, because you do see a lot of gaps in the industry. I mean, you're at auditions all the time. You're working with artists all the time and you see a lot of people with a lot of talent, but very little direction. So tell me a little bit about, you know, um, tell me a little bit about these, you know, this workshop, these, you know, these things that you're trying to do and, and what made you decide that this was something that you wanted to do outside of just sticking with being creative director and, and, um, you know, developing these artists, why did you decide to get into this coaching space? Because a lot of people just don't know where to go for answers and they just don't know who to listen to. And for me, um, I didn't have anyone to go to for answers either or to listen to, but the difference is that when I was coming up, especially as a dancer, I had MTV, I had BET, I had, great award shows. I saw great tours. I understood what kind of personalities wanted to be or what sort of career I wanted because that's all we had was what they gave us on television. And back then, the music business especially, they didn't let you in unless you were great. Like, you could not get into the door unless you were great. And then once you got into the door, you got the best choreographer, writers, producers, stylists, hair and makeup. So what we saw was quality. What I saw was was a place I, I wanted to aspire to be to. That was sort of like the driving force. If I had no answers, I had that driving force of greatness. Whereas now, what everyone's consuming is not great. There is no, uh, you've got to be this amazing to get in. The door is wide open for anyone to come in. So you're kind of looking around, you're saying, well, this person's making it, but that person isn't. But this person doesn't really do anything over here. So how are they making it? But that, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, you're not seeing something that you can actually say this is successful. Because now success is are like 15 second quick bites of someone either doing a dance or someone making a speech or something being funny. But is it great? 10 times, or sorry, nine times out of 10, it's not. It's not greatness. It's just they just so happen to find a space that works for them. But I don't know if it's great. So that's why I started, like, you know, these workshops is to sort of 
lead the blind. Like they, they literally don't know where to turn to. And all I can do is try to help them get to the next step. But on top of that, just have someone they can actually anchor down to who's actually done it and who is successful. And again, even for my success, there's still way more to do, but I can at least give them the truth about what they should and shouldn't do if they don't know where to turn to. Now, one of the things I think is super, uh, super dope that you're going to be doing here is these workshops for dancers on, you know, how to actually get the job because um, there's a ton of dance workshops out there right now um, that, you know, teach you steps, but yours is unique. Tell us a little bit about, you know, how you came up with the concept for it and, and what about your workshop is unique and different to anything out there right now. So my workshop is, is, is based on my own journey trying to become a dancer. One, learning different styles. Two, knowing how to uh, adjust to different choreographers and what they want out of you in real time. Three, what to wear, what to look like, how to perform with the clothes you're wearing. And then four, how to basically book these auditions. So within this four days that I do, it is really about honing in on everyone's individual journeys as opposed to just saying, hey, guys, this is what you all should do. I literally, I, I take, you know, not a lot of people because I can't dive into everyone's personal journey if there's too many dancers to sort of work with. So I take less attendees just so that I can dive into their own personal story. And hopefully by the end of those four days, they've learned a lot and know what to do when these real auditions and real jobs come up. And so far, I've done one in the past. And from that, I mean, you know, I've, I've had someone basically get their first call back ever, which is a huge step for a dancer who's just trying to get even a call back. I've had a few people then get agents who couldn't get agents before. And I've had one person book a Katy Perry tour, someone else put the Backstreet Boys tour. So just out of that, and there are other successes, but those are the ones that I can remember right now. And that's all it's about is like helping people win. Yeah, because I think, you know, it's one thing to go to the audition. It's another thing to know how to show up at the audition and what exactly to execute. And, you know, in the day of time that we're in right now, the opportunities for those auditions are less and less or they look different, right? And I think it's, it's more important now than ever to really be on what you're talking about, be on your game, not only show up to the audition or figure out where the auditions are at or who's auditioning, but like when you show up, do, are you a master in your craft? Do you know what the choreographer is looking for? Do you know, you know, do you know exactly how you can stand out in a crowd? Because there's so many people fighting for the same spots. You really need to know how to do that. And, and um, so to hear that, you know, somebody of your expertise is, is actually helping people with that. That's amazing because there's not a lot of people that are currently in the industry still working and still doing things at the caliber that you're doing that's helping people in this, in this manner. So I think it's super uh, amazing that you're, that you're doing that. So if people want to learn more about you, learn more about what you're up to, maybe how to get involved in some of these workshops, where can they find you? So you can find me at Richie Squirrel on Instagram. You can also go to my website, itsrichiejackson.com to inquire more about the workshop. And you can also find me on Clubhouse at Richie Squirrel. 
Good old clubhouse. We could probably get into a long conversation about that, about that app. But listen, man, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming through. Uh, and I'm sure people got a ton of value out of listening to this conversation, especially with, with uh, all the experience that you've had. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And uh, I know that we're all looking forward to the next Lady Gaga performance uh, that can actually go live. So we're looking forward. Oh, my to- God. Please let us go live one more time. That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, listen, man, we, uh, we appreciate all your time and, uh, we'll definitely, I- I'm sure we'll, once, once things are live again, uh, and you've been doing these workshops for again, we'll, we'll have you come back and talk about what you're, what you're, uh, what you're up to next. So appreciate it. So thanks for having me, Jesse. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.